Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope you've had a great week and that you're gearing up for a good weekend. Uh, just a quick poll out there. I just wanted to, to see who, who out there is sick of, of winter. Because <laughs> I know I am. I am tired of these cold temperatures. I'm ready for summer to be here. I know Craig feels the same way. He's been getting hammered on the snowmobile out in... Um, and Gunnison, and we actually talked about that. We the beginning of the podcast talks about how he's really been just just been going through the ringer. I mean, he, he's had some snowmobile commutes to where the snowmobile will go off of the road and into really soft powder. Uh, that'll happen uh, almost a dozen times on his commute, and he'll have to get off, dig it out, get it back on the road, and keep trucking. So yeah, he's really he's really earning his stripes this winter. And uh, during this podcast, actually, there was a snowstorm going on both at his location and at my location. I was in Sedona when we recorded this one. So uh, we dive into Craig's stuff, and then uh, I, I begin to talk about a little bit of the psilocybin experiences that I've been having as of late. And we talk about those things and how it's changed my perspective in a few areas that have been really beneficial for just my overall well-being and just my ability to focus. So. Let's go ahead and dive into the podcast, and in the theme of wanting summer to be around the corner, we're going to play some reggae music for you all. So here we go. Yeah, I had, uh, I had quite the little adventure this morning. The um, I couldn't I couldn't even get out of the driveway. I mean, I, I got stuck probably you know just just over halfway down it, and yeah, it was it was brutal. I mean, the the snow was waist deep. Um, oh man! Yeah, I mean, it was just really bad, and I couldn't with the way that the sled had dug in and in like with how deep the snow was like, so if you imagine, you know, you're on regular ground and you're at the back of the snowmobile, you, you have the leverage, right? You get to use both your legs and a little bit of your back to lift up the snowmobile. But Mm -hmm. because the snowmobile was riding higher in the snow and I had sunk all the way, you know, way steep, I, I didn't have the leverage to actually lift up the the snowmobile because I mean the thing is freaking really really heavy. So anyway, I, I got stuck like three times just going down the little area. The yeah, I mean it, it's um, it was it was gnarly, and I I mean I I kind of knew better. I I I really gambled in in going for it, and um, and and I paid for it. Wow. Yeah. Those, those photos you posted online, man, it looked like, it just looked extremely cold. And, and that's, it's, I mean, it was like, it was super, everything was covered. You couldn't see any terrain really. I mean, all you saw were just these huge snow drifts and everything like that. And I thought, man, so did you, did you just leave the snowmobile down there and walk back up? <laughs> yep. It's, yeah. it's down there waiting for me to dig it out. Yeah. I'm the, the weather seems to be getting a little, a little better. It's, yeah, because earlier, like the winds were like 25 to 30 and yeah, the visibility was crap and it was definitely cold. Um, it was cold and then the wind on top of it was, was horrible. So I, you know, in my head, I was just like, screw it, cashing in my chips. I'm going to deal <laughs> with this later. 
I work. I can't make it, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I sent up the picture. You know, I, I was like, what, what do you want? With it? Like, yeah, homeboy, homeboy ain't going anywhere this morning. <laughs> send, send the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, and that was like another part of my thinking was like, you know, better to cash my chips in early and, and not yeah. get too far out than, you know, get further on down the way and, and get oh. myself in real trouble. Yeah, or make it into town and not be able to get back to the ranch. Right. That, that'd be even, that, that'd be really, uh, that, that would just suck, you know, because Rue's there. And then plus two, it's like, you got to get back. So that's, uh, that's definitely, that's definitely crazy, man. You've had, you've had some pretty, <laughs> pretty gnarly experiences as of late with that snowmobile commute. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, I would say mid January, I had a couple episodes. Um, like mid to late January. And then it was going all right. Like I was, you know, I was getting confident and cocky probably, but, um, yeah, this, this is definitely, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm concerned that I'm like not going to be able to get into town for a little while. I mean, the, the, the drifts, the, not only the drifts, but the amount of snow that we've had over the last several days, it's, it's significant. How's, how's your forecast looking going forward? Is there more snow? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, if I look at the, the forecast for Gunnison, it, mm-hmm. it says, you know, a little bit of snow here and there, but you, you never know, right? Because it's like Gunnison's yeah. down at 7,700 feet. I'm up at 9,000. And yeah. that can be enough of a difference where they might get, you know, one to two inches where I might get a foot. It, it can just go that way sometimes. So, yeah. um, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, there's, it's not a lot of sunshine over the next week, at least by, by the forecast. And how are temperatures looking? Is it, are there any days above freezing? No, 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 no. Like the, that, that might've been like part of the issue over the last several days. So we, you know, we, we got a lot of snow, um, on successive days, like over the past three days. But mm-hmm. it would snow, and then it would get really, really warm. Like, you know those Colorado, like, crazy warm days where it might be, like, 30 degrees, but because of the reflection of the sun off of the snow, you know, you're mm-hmm. almost, like, down to T-shirts, and, and the, the snow got soupy. And, mm. and then today was a lot more... It was probably in the 20s, and then with that that uh, wind, it was there was no way that things were soupy. I mean, wind was just blowing all around. So I, I don't know what was going on. I mean, it just is. Yeah, it's a big question mark as to. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm I'm hoping that. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm hoping. I'm hoping for more strength in my body right now is what I'm hoping for because I, you know, I got to go down there. I got to dig the thing out, but that's only like a quarter of the battle because then, then I still have to deal with all the drifting and, and new depth of snow and, and like all of that trail that I have been carving for the last month and a half. Like I, I, it's all buried at this point and it's buried under deep snow. And so that's, oh, that's when it gets really tricky. So yeah, digging out the sled is going to be the easy part. It's, you know, what's, what's going to happen when I get further out and I, I encounter more drifts of snow. And I, I just have to hope that I'm able to get a couple runs over the trail to pack down some snow to make it easier. And 
I'm, I'm going to wait until the, the weather's a little bit more consistent. Cause right now I just don't know what it's going to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You don't yeah. want to get stuck out and stuck out there, especially if it's high winds and, and sub-zero temperatures. I mean, that's a recipe for becoming a statistic and you don't want that. <laughs> Darwin <laughs> yeah. award winner right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ah, oh, it's negative 20 out. I think I'll go run to town. No, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quite the adventure sorry. there. Yeah. Sorry that happened, but it's, but it, you know, once again, it's, um, it's testing your limits and you're, you're learning how to deal with those scenarios, which, which most people wouldn't even have the clue the first thing of what to do. So you're, uh, you're, you're living the off grid adventure and, and dealing with those challenges and just tackling them as they come. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, outside, so the biggest issue that I've got, right? Like, yeah, I'm missing out on work today and tomorrow. And it's like one of the, it's president's day weekend. So it's a big, it's a big oh, travel weekend. Yeah. And so that's big money for me. And that, that sucks missing out on that. But the real kicker is, is that my check, I, I got my payroll check yesterday. I didn't go in yesterday. I can't get in today. So, you know, I have kind of like a runway of bills that I got to pay and I can't get my check. Oh, um, yeah. So wh- whatever, I'll deal with it. It's, um, you know, it's, I, I'm alive. I can deal with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's 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 a good perspective, good way to look at it. So, you know, I've been getting some weather out here in Sedona too, and it's supposed to it's supposed to get pretty cold uh, tonight. It's it's going to get down to thirty one, which is very manageable. But then it, we're looking at uh, temperatures down in the teens for uh, up until next Friday, I think. Um, uh, you know, evening time temps, and then daytime temps are going to be around thirty. And everybody in town is saying that like this is uncharacteristically cold for for even this time of year out here, there's like, usually the winters are real mild. You're looking at like 55 degree days and like, you know, 35 degree evenings, which that's really pleasant. And, uh, everybody's, everybody's complaining about when I came into town yesterday, people at the grocery store just, you know, bitching and moaning. They're like, this is horrible. This isn't why we live here and all this stuff. And I'm saying, well, my buddy Craig in in Colorado's (laughs) snowmobiling through negative 25 degree weather with wind chills, probably in the negative 35 to 40 range. (laughs) So, and they're like, what? And, and uh, this gal in line, at the grocery store yesterday, I was like, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, and no one's around for like six miles. She's yeah. Like, oh. She's like, oh my gosh, he's going to die. I'm like, well, I don't think so. He's, he's a pretty smart guy, but it's definitely, you know, you're definitely pushing the limits. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I know, I know how that is. I mean, I actually, I was thinking, you know, you and I were talking a little bit yesterday and you were, you were talking about, um, you know, going to a different location in the near future and, and getting to warmer temperatures and, I, I get it. I mean, even though, yeah, in comparison, what you're dealing with is nothing. But when you're in your truck and you're dealing with crappy weather, yeah. it, it really, it, it's awful. I mean, it, it can't, you, you really, you, you really don't want to hang out for a long period of time in a wet, soupy area when you're truck camping. And yeah, I totally get the you know, even though temps might only be in the 30s, if it's wet and you're not able to get out and about and you don't have sunshine and, you know, you're in, in and it seems like you're not always having the best cell phone signal. Like in our last episode, you know, having that conversation about loneliness, that's when that's when it can 
maybe it's not even like loneliness, but it's just, it's kind of craziness, right? Like you're, you, yeah. you just start going stir crazy when you're trapped yeah, like, in that kind of situation situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like cabin fever, but on a, but on a very micro level, because <laughs> right? you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm literally my, my truck bed, when I put the extension out, you know, I get a luxurious additional six square feet with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Make, you know? And so, but, but I mean, really I started thinking about it. I mean, that truck bed is when I, when I pulled that extension out, it's six feet, 10 inches by four feet. And that's what I'm living in. And, 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 to, and to sit in there all day long and like watch the rain and like Sierra's just sitting there staring at me. And I'm like, I know, babe, this sucks. And after a while, you're just like, I'm bored out of my mind. Luckily with the town being close, you know, I can just pack gear up and come into town. What I did do the other day when it was raining all day though, was I turned on my truck and then I made that donut around the two pass-through windows. You know, I've got the slider window on my It always comes truck, back truck. to donuts, doesn't it, Brian? <laughs> exactly. But I, but I, I made that, that seal, you know, the donut seal around the, the slider windows on both of them. And then I just turned my heater on high when there was a break in the weather. And Sierra and I went for a walk. And that dried out the back of my topper because, you know, it was getting all that condensation and stuff like that in there. So I let the heater run for like 30 minutes and I came back and everything was, was dried up, which was nice. But, you know, you're just bored. I mean, I think that's more of an anything. It's not that I'm lonely or anything. It's like there's nothing to do and I don't want to just sit there all day long because then evening rolls around. I'm not tired and it's like I'll stay up and read till midnight or one in the morning trying to wear myself out. So, you know, I think living this lifestyle, you know, you want to be active all the time and being cooped up in your truck for 24 or 48 hours is kind of it's kind of lame. Yeah. And I mean, just having your body confined to that space, you know, you get old and creaky in there, you know, your back is like, you're like, I haven't even done anything. My back hurts. And, um, that's exactly what I was dealing with. Yeah. So So. I, um, I understand. Um, yeah. So what, what is, what is the plan? You're going to, you're hang out there for a little bit more and then, and then, and then what? Well, so after Sedona, you know, I'm heading on Friday, I'm heading over to my buddy Chad's, uh, Chad Bria. He and Lisa have that off-grid ranch over by Seligman, Arizona. They've got 40 acres. He's been, over the last year, he's been building all the infrastructure for his off-grid complex, basically. He's got a huge solar field, a massive battery bank, uh, two, uh, I think like three massive water containers that store all their water. And he's, he's got enough power to where he can run like washer and dryers. And, you know, it's, it's similar to what you have there at the off-grid ranch. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he's built like an outdoor pavilion and all these things. And so I'm going to go help him finish up a, a few projects. We're going to build a greenhouse uh, so you can start growing some food and things like that. And then after that, I'm heading to Southern California to go surf for a week and say what's up to my friends out there. I haven't visited my friends Gosh, I would say since 2012, probably. Gosh, that's been a long time. Maybe 2013. It's it's just been so long since I've been out there. And I, you know, I used to live in San Clemente, California, and so my surfboard just still stored at my my buddy Casey's house. And I've got this badass surfboard. It's a Dave Christensen uh, tw- uh, twin fin thruster. The the it's like old school 70s style board where it's a little bit thicker, but it's shaped like a uh, like a like a short board and. It's like a wave catching machine because it, it floats really well. And the, the fins are glassed in. They're not the removable ones. It's like, the, it looks like the old school style of board. And you can catch like 95% of the waves on it just because it's a wave catching machine. So I'm going to go hit up trestles for a couple of days, probably camp on the beach down there. And um, I've got a few things to do before I get out there. So I, I, I mean, I got to finish up that Bears Ears website and get that information out to all the different companies that I'm talking to. And also I want to reach out to some other ones that I haven't talked to yet. 
And then uh, I've got to finish up some other stuff for my, my dad's organization and some of his affiliate companies. But then once I get that done, I want to head out there. I did see that Buckethead was playing down in Tucson on March 1st. So Ooh. I may, yeah, and he's playing at this really small venue. And so I, what I may do is roll from Chad's place down to Tucson on the 1st and then on the 2nd roll out to California. So we'll see how that, that whole schedule plays out. But in the short term, I've got Marion coming into town tonight, you know, uh, pickup truck camper, and she's going she's gonna to hang. She's got a Tacoma, the, the, one of the newer generation ones, and a platform bed in the back with a, with a high-rise topper. So we're going to kick it around here. And then tomorrow, my buddy Phil's coming up, and he's the guy, the down, down to mob. It's down in the, the, the number two mob on Instagram and also on YouTube. He's got a Dodge Ram that... Uh, he bought it like this. The previous owner, I think, was a professional photographer or something like that. And he lived out of it for a long time. And he took the bed off the back and put a box on, like a camper box that has a top that goes up and down. And he can put eight people in there. Like, like it, wow. it, yeah, it's it's a badass setup. I put it on my Instagram earlier today. I think I, yeah, day. I think I might have seen that. Yeah, so he's coming out. And then, interestingly enough, like like when I called you yesterday and left you that message about, Sam and Katerina that I met at uh, the Safeway in the Safeway parking lot, they have one of those Kimbo campers, one of those new Kimbos, which are just started to come out this year. And I think his was number one that was ever produced. I think that's what he told me. But Sam is a professional BMX, like trick, like, you know, bike guy, like he'll, he'll go off those crazy jumps and do flips and shit like that. And so he's coming out to camp too. And what's awesome is that those Kimbo campers, they have a Dickinson wood stove in it, like like what you would see in a in a boat. And so, I mean, uh, I got in, dude. I got inside that thing. That is dope on the inside. They're kind of big. I don't know how that would how they'd work on trails, but they're made for Tacomas. And what it does is it, you know, it, it's a sliding camper, but then it pops out on the side, so it actually gives you, I think, six and a half feet of width. And so there's a there's a full on queen size bed over the cab of the of his Tacoma. He's got a third gen, one of the new, one of the new new Tacomas. And he just sold his house in Lake Havasu, and he's like, "I'm hitting the road full time." And what they're doing is, is they're gonna, they're gonna live on the road and meet people that that do the same and make a documentary about all these different people. And so we're gonna we're gonna do a bunch of video stuff. And I told him I'd love to talk to him on a podcast about his BMX, you know, endeavors and what he's been doing on a bike. And then also talk to Katarina. I think she's a photographer. And then Phil, I'm interested in, in chatting with him. I've you know I've talked with him a bunch on Facebook, and Phil's the down to mob guy. And I'm really interested in seeing his rig, and he's he's getting ready to hit the road full time too. I don't know if he's officially left uh, Phoenix and is now living in his vehicle, but I the last thing he had to do was sell his Jeep, and then he's then he's hitting the road. He's he's gotten rid of everything else, and so his rig is badass. He started out with a Sun Raider, a 21 foot Sun Raider, and then sold that because it just wasn't it wasn't what he wanted, and he got this insanely awesome Dodge Ram 4x4 that's got every bell and whistle you can possibly imagine. And he seems like a pretty cool guy, so I'm looking forward to hanging out with the both of them. And so they're coming out to camp tomorrow, and I've got a really good campsite picked out that hopefully if these people that are camping there right now, if they leave when the weather turns bad, that we can go snag it. Wow, that sounds like a pretty awesome, sounds like a party you've got uh, rallying for the weekend. Yeah, I, I told them that we were going to circle the wagons, you know, like the we're going to take all the rigs and kind of park them all around, and that way we could make wind shelter, then have a have a campfire in the in the middle, you know, and kind of kind of kick it like that. And it'll be the first time I've really done that with people that are full-timing. So, I mean, like, like you and I've, you know, I've obviously hung out a bunch, but it's like, I've never, I've never hung out with like three or four or five rigs. So this would be kind of cool to kind of see what happens. And, uh, Phil's got a dog. And so, 
Sierra will have some company, you know, somebody else to play with other than just staring at me for, you know, all day long and stuff like that. <laughs> and the weather's gonna the weather's gonna be crappy too. So it'll be nice to have places inside that we can chill. And I don't know if Marianne is just coming up with her truck or if she's bringing her adventure camper, but she's got one of those really badass. It, it's like a new company that came out to where they took two VW buses and they cut them in two and then merged them together. So that, you know, you got, you got like both back ends that merged together as a VW bus. And then they made a composite, like, I guess some mold out of it. And then they, they've been making all these lightweight campers out of it, out of like lighter weight materials than the steel that was used to make that, that mold. And they're really cool looking. They're real vintage looking and everything. It's, I don't know if she's, if she's bringing that up or if she's just going to straight up truck camp it, but either way, I've known Marion for years and I always have a good time hanging out with her. Man, that sounds awesome. I, I have seen Marion's, um, pictures on Facebook of, of that, uh, contraption she's gotten. It looks amazing. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a piece of art is it really, really what it is. comes down to. Yeah. Um, it's, well, so that, cool. it's got, the, it's got that pop top on it too. So I mean, you, it, I think it's full on like seven feet of headroom, you know, and it's got a kitchen in it and it's got a nice bed and a couch and everything. I mean, it's, that's, that's a really nice camper trailer. And she got a lift on it too. So I think it has a four inch lift. So it matches the it matches the same exact height of what she has uh, on, her Tacoma, on her Tacoma. Yeah. Yeah. So she she'll be able to go a lot of places with that because it's lightweight, you know. So you can you can wheel it around. You don't have to worry about like you know a huge like airstream six thousand pound trailer camper. Holding right. It's not like that. So yeah. But she's getting that all decked out. So I'm, I'm I, I hope I kind of hope she brings that because I'd love to check it out. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a great little gathering to you know for some some impromptu video production. I mean, just kind of yeah. taking, taking in what, what everybody's little tricks, the trades are and, and even just setting up a, a microphone in the bit in the middle of the campfire, you know, and recording, mm-hmm. recording the kinds of conversations. Those are, those are always the best conversations you get. You get a crew like that together. Oh yeah, totally. And, and it'll be fun too. Cause like, I don't really, I, I mean, I've never met the, I mean, I met Sam and Katerina in person, but we talked for like five minutes and I was like, you guys want to camp? They're like, hell yeah. And, uh, and then Phil, I, I just know him from the internet, so I don't, I've never met him in person. So it'll, it'll be fun to get to know those people and kind of just chat with them and, and see what their motivation was to, to live this nomad lifestyle. And that's, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be traveling like this and just meet people and be like, Hey, let's, let's collaborate, you know? So it'll be cool to see what comes of that. Very, very nice. Yeah. So I've got a, um, I've got a, a totally different, um, question area to, to kind of pick your brain on. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I've been having, um, challenges with the snowmobile, the headlights on it and, and it, especially headlights in, um, in the snow and with where they are and with how effective they are. And I was having a conversation with Mark that we, we might want to find another kind of like led style light that we can just fix onto the front, uh-huh. um, that would, you know, probably draw less power, but have like much more effective, you know, range and, and, and all oh, yeah. of that. Um, and I, I didn't, is bio light. I, I remember you having a couple of relationships with different off-road lighting groups. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was BioLite or another group, but you know, even, even if it were like a bar style, that might be something that we could jerry rig onto the front of the, 
of the snowmobile, which would be a huge improvement over, you know, the stock 2003 style light that's in there right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've got a relationship with extreme terrain.com. They're the okay. ones that, they're the ones that I posted that blog post about, about the $250 grant that they give to people that are uh, organizing trail cleanups on, on motorized trails. And what, what they do is they, they promote that throughout their, throughout their uh, network. And they, they have Jeep products, but then they just got Tacoma products as well. And a lot of, all the stuff is like light bars and, and uh, you know, then they have like bumpers and all those, all those different things as well. But the light bars are really good. And I could, I could order you one. I have a credit with them. So I could, you know, if you want to get on extremeterrain.com and go through their, their lights, I mean, they have little, little four inch by four inch LED lights. You could put one on either side of the snowmobile to kind of give you, and, and then point them out at like maybe a few degrees to the right and a few degrees to the left, but, but, but pointing ahead. And I think you'd light it up like Christmas back there. Yeah, that might, I'll, I'll have to take a look at the, the website and see what might be appropriate. I, I just would have you, do you know whether they, they serve the smaller four wheel drive vehicles, you know, like, the, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, like the, the Polaris razor and then even the smaller ones, you know, like the old school kind oh, yeah. of four wheelers. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there's a product that Mark and I can figure out how to get onto a snowmobile that would improve it because I mean, the other night that, that was, I think that was part of our conversation in, in one of our recent podcasts, the, the snow was coming down in like a whiteout situation. And, and so what would happen is that the, the headlight would actually get covered with snow. And, and then the, the other issue is, is that if you're going fast enough, the front end of the snowmobile is kicking up enough snow so that it's like a blackout situation. So yeah, I'd be, I'm I'm really, really interested to see, you know, if there's another product that we could jerry rig onto onto the snowmobile and and yeah for some reason i thought it was was biolite but i, I guess it's um yeah extremeterrain.com yeah biolite doesn't have the the uh the heavy duty you know light bars or anything like that they they have more stuff for like for homes and, okay uh, and, and portable lighting for for backpacking and things like that but i, I think what you would definitely want to do is is get the, I would think just like two, four inch pods, you know, four inch by four inch pods on either side. And they kick out, I, I can't remember how many lumens, but it's like, it's like 10,000 lumens. I mean, it's crazy. It's like blinding, blinding light. And another thing that's nice about them is they run a little warm mm-hmm. when the yeah. light gets going. So, yeah. so it, it'll, it'll melt that snow. So it won't cake up, which would be, I think that'd be ideal. And, or, you know, you could also do a light bar on the front, like a, like a 12 inch one that, that could be a little bit curved. And that way it, it has more than just the straight ahead. I mean, obviously you get the straight ahead lights, but then it also can kick it out to the side a little bit. So you can have it on the left and the right. You know? Yeah. And that would, that actually would be handy because one of the challenges when it gets gnarly is like, I, I have, you know, there's a little bit of sagebrush that mm-hmm. comes up on each side of the trail and it's really easy to lose track of those things. And so I lose my reference point on where in the trail I am. And if I'm not in the dead center of the trail and I, and I veer off to the left or the right, that's when I get stuck because there's no packed snow there. And so I just sink into it or, you know, I go on, on, uh, on a, uh, a lean um, <laughs> and get dug in right there. So that radiating 
that radiating light would be really, really helpful. Okay. Yeah, go through their website and just kind of see what you think would be a good fit. And as long as you have a power source, I mean, you could probably just tap into the snowmobile power source as soon as the snowmobile kicks on. I'm sure that that battery continues to get recharged from the engine itself. And then you just, I think you just wire it into there and you're fine. I know I know that, that people take them and retrofit them onto Polaris's and four, four-wheelers and everything. So they can, they can go on smaller craft and I don't think you need like a full-on car battery to run those. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of the nature of LEDs is that they consume less power. Um, and you know, there's a, there's an old school halogen light, um, on the sled right now. And so I have to believe that whatever, even if I just keep the same amount of power draw, the amount of light gain that I'll get with an led will be significant. So I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah. I mean, obviously my mindset is all about like, how do I, how do I, how do I improve the snowmobiling? So it's not, Mm -hmm. I'm not my, it's like uh, yeah, snowmobile commute. I should like re redo my uh, my my yes snowmobilecommute dot com or something like that, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to truck camping. How how cool would it be if 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 you were able to get connectivity and you could live stream it and people could tune in and be like, "Holy shit, you're doing this! Like this is nuts." <laughs> well, I think I mean I you know a, a GoPro, a properly outfitted GoPro mm-hmm. is probably the way to go, and I I just don't. Yeah, I, I just don't have the time and the energy right now to to do it all. Like I, I don't, yeah. you know, I, I between working a lot and then you know the physicality of the snowmobiling that I'm doing right now is just like I, I don't have I don't have anything left in that tank to do much more because anything that I have left in the tank I, I usually bake a thirteen by nine inch pan of you know <laughs> chocolate chip <laughs> peanut butter you know, fat bombs to, now you're talking, dude. Yeah, now you're talking. that's, that's where I'm spending all my energy. And mm, I mean, I haven't awesome. been able to, I haven't been able to produce as many videos or blog posts. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, I, I should just have like, yeah, I, this is where like a little freaking intern bitch would come into play. You know, I could just like tell that person like, all right, you gotta, you gotta take all these ideas that I have and you gotta make them happen. And I'm, not Dude, you know, pay, was, and I'm not going to pay you any money either, bitch. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a resume builder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, just, you're just yelling at him all the time. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, what's the cockiest move that I could do being a full-time nomad? I'm like, oh, I'll get a personal assistant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who comes and, like, sets up camp for me, makes my meals, all that stuff. I was like, I was just thinking about how funny that would be to do videos while I'm just chilling and the personal assistant is, like, maintaining everything for me. I mean, totally. That's like like co- a, Get like a little Sherpa or something like that, you know, to like <laughs> exactly to make me my like while I stay warm inside my sleeping bag, go make me coffee. Yeah, and make know? my world famous <laughs> breakfast burritos, you know. Now yeah. <laughs> where are my cookies? <laughs> you know what I need? It's like I, I don't know whether when you went to college, but I, I was in a fraternity when I went into college. Like I need some pledges. You know, yeah, like I, I yeah. like just haze the fuck out of him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> make, or, him, make him stand out in the cold and just their underwear. You got to learn to survive. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's that, and that's that's a great way to get arrested now. Fuck yeah, it. no shit, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing social media wasn't wasn't uh, going on back then because I think every fraternity would have been shut down. Man, I yeah, that's. That's uh, that's a conversation for another point because I probably should be in jail at some point. Um, <laughs> at, at several points, actually. 
That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to Southern California. You know, I, I was looking at the temperatures, and by the time I plan to get out there, it's supposed to be 70 every day and, like, 55 at night, which would be fantastic for truck camping on the beach. Yeah, you're going to have to may, I, are you gonna have to redesign your Tinder uh, profile to reorient, toward, reorient towards the, uh, the California ladies? Yeah, probably. I'll just I'll just say like, hey, I'm posted up at old man at, at old man's in San San Onofre, which is a beach down there. I'll be like, come on down and let's hang out, you know. And have to have to figure something out because, like, dude, when you're down there, I mean, it's just a different place. I mean, there's you go to the beach, every girl's banging hot, you know, and they're easy to talk to and they're everywhere, and you just strike up a conversation, and next thing you know, sparks are happening. So I had a really good time when I lived out there, man. It was fun. Maybe you could uh, develop some kind of coupon code that we could throw out through this uh, through this podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah, in, in, free, free, free breakfast at Brian's camp, you know. Yeah, so. use use the coupon code Galleon sixty nine, and uh, <laughs> oh, shit. you know, get your get your free breakfast burrito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what I can do. So I'm just looking forward to it because, like, the the waves down there are a blast, and and this time of year though. I'll be getting there right as the right as the north swells that kick up, like in the, in Alaska and the, and the Bering Sea and all that stuff. Those north swells really really hit in the wintertime, but they start the the swell direction starts changing in March and it starts to come from the South Pacific. So you get south swells coming in. The nice thing about that is every once in a while a north swell and a south swell will hit at the same time, which makes really peaky waves, which means that you can peel off right and left real easy and they they stack up real well. But the, the drawback is, is that there's also times during this time of year when the weather's changing in both those areas where the swells originate from, that there's just no activity and it can just be flat. So mm. either way, I'm, I'm going to go kick it at the beach and have a nice time and, you know, see some friends and hang out and, and then, uh, then I'll be off to Bears Ears. So are, are you actually, do you, like, do you know the ins and outs of actually being able to camp on the beach or like have you know, your truck parked on the beach so you can just do it that way? Or is it really kind of tight down there where they're not going to allow that kind of thing? Because I, I, you know, I'm just having this image of like, you know, California beaches and, you know, everybody hanging out on the beach uh, with fires and, you know, mm-hmm. shenanigans happening. Is that is that still allowed in the area that you're going? Well, I'll, so I'll be in South Orange County. I'm going to if, if I go to Doheny Beach and if you reserve a spot there, then you can actually be within 20 paces of the of the sand. You know, it's it's, it's a it's a kind of like a paved area that a lot of RVs will go down there and you'll see like people with uh, like there's you'll see like earth roamers. I mean, it's kind of a highfalutin area, but but Doheny is actually nice. It's like a, it's like a longboard wave. So it'd, it'd be comparable to what you would see in Waikiki as far as like kind of slow rolling waves. You, you do it. You know, you, you can only ride those with a longboard. Now, down in South Orange County, there's a state park called San Onofre State Park, and you can camp, I think you can camp on trails. So there's trail one through six, and those trails lead down the cliff, because there's a big cliff there. It leads down the cliff to, like, these different breaks, and uh, trail six is the nude beach, so I probably won't go there, but <laughs> but, uh, but the hey waves no. are the... Yeah, but the waves are the best at Trail 6, though. So, you know, you kind of just put up with the old people that just stare at you and it makes you feel uncomfortable. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you can camp above on the cliffs. And so and they have designated spots. I don't know how much it is to do that. I think it's like 20 or 25 a night, which is a little steep. 
But then the San Mateo campground is where Trestles is, and that's a mile from the beach. And it's kind of cool because you're back away from the freeway a little bit, and you don't hear the cars going by and everything because the five freeway is right there. And so if you go at the San Mateo campground, there's actually a nature trail. It's a one-mile hike to the beach, and it's really great to do with your surfboard. You know, you just got your surfboard, you put on your flip-flops, got your board shorts, and you just jam out to the beach. And so uh, we'll see what what uh you know where i go worst case scenario i'll just crash with my friends and then just go to the beach during the day but i but i would like to camp down there a little bit so we'll we'll see what i can drum up i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't imagine that those campgrounds are too busy this time of year because southern californians i mean yeah they're god, soft god, yeah god bless their soul they're thin they're, 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 their blood is so thin you know it's they they can't like 55 degrees they're like oh my gosh i need a coat and i'm like out there in shorts and no t-shirt and they're like what the hell's wrong with you so I remember when I moved there from Cal- from Colorado and I was in South Redondo Beach and I would go out on days and everybody else would be like in a 3-2 wetsuit and I'd be in my trunks. They're like, aren't you cold? And I'm like, no. But, uh, you know, after a while I did, I did get, uh, I, fell, I fell in the suit with that just because it's so nice every day. I mean, it's like 75 degrees every day and it's beautiful. So after a while you get soft. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I lived in Hawaii and, and. Um, I don't, I never got like, you know, some people would start putting on hats when it was like 70 and like puffy jackets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I had no tolerance for that, but you know, I would start putting on jeans and, and whatnot and, and, you know, maybe a long sleeve shirt when it got into the sixties, which wasn't too, too often. So I, I, I know a little bit about that, but. Well, and sometimes the water too, if you're really, if you're right next to yeah. the beach. If you're right next to the beach and the water temp is like, say it's 55, that wind coming off the water is chilly, you know? So it's, there's a little bit of that to deal with, but you go inland a little bit, which, which is not where I'll be, but if you go inland, it's, it's, it's warmer. Well, that sounds like, uh, that, that definitely sounds like a good one. And, and maybe just like, you know, we, we did that Northeast East coast kind of camping strategy. Maybe we could do a next session on, um, um, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you do California? Just because everything that I hear about California at this time is just that it's so tightly regulated and. Oh yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what are the, what are the ins and outs? How do you get around that? And maybe, maybe it's just at that point where you, where you can't get around it so much just because it's so populated that, um, and the weather is so ideal that, that everybody would be doing it if, if it weren't regulated. Yeah, they, they, they really cracked down on it. And also, too, the campgrounds out there are expensive just because there's a lot of people. And, of course, people want to go out and spend time in the nice weather. Uh, if you want to disperse camp, you have to go way inland to, like, the Salton Sea area and, and uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's a little bit of dispersed camping, I think, on the, on the Ortega Highway. But it's not, it's not like what we're used to in Colorado. I mean, the dispersed sites are stacked right next to each other. I mean, you're camping within 20 feet of other people, and it's just kind of it's, – it's not a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the campgrounds are good. I mean, they regulate them well and they have to police them pretty good or else people be partying all night long. And so, you know, you go there and and it's fun and then you meet other people that are there and, and it's, it's not bad, but you definitely have to pay to play. You can't just pull up anywhere you want and just, just, you know, boondock it. Right. Right. What, um, on your, does your trajectory from Arizona to Southern California, does it take you anywhere within the vicinity of uh, Joshua Tree? Uh, yeah, I'll actually be driving past Joshua Tree. I, I, I saw some upsetting reports that, that during the shutdown, um, you know, people actually went in and vandalized 
some of the trees, you know, that grow at a very, very slow rate. Yeah. Um, so if, um, I don't know, it'd be, be kind of good to have some on the game, on the ground Intel. Um, yeah. There's a, if you, there's, if, there, yeah, if there, you, there's actually a guy I'm connected with. His name is Rand Abbott and he's been quoted in a lot of different articles in the Los Angeles times and the Orange County register and some other newspapers. And he's a volunteer out there. He's, I think he's retired. Um, it's kind of interesting. He's, I don't know if he had an injury or what, but he's, he's in a wheelchair, but he has use of his upper body, but his legs are, and he no longer can use his legs, but he goes out there and he picks up trash and does, cleans the bathrooms and he does all it via volunteering. Mm -hmm. And he said too, he said, you know, the, the main thing was, is that people were just going around the gates and as a result of it, they were, they were driving over fragile ground and it was screwing things up. Mm -hmm. And then he did say a few, he saw a few trees vandalized he didn't say it was he didn't say it was a lot but i mean one one is too many so yeah that shouldn't be happening and what's what's unfortunate is i mean you know how it is when you're close to those huge population centers you just get a lot of jackassery yeah you, know, you get people going out there that don't normally go in those areas that they, and they think it's a free-for-all you, you know you see it you'll see it in colorado you know you get some person from whatever town or city that comes out there the first thing they do is they set up their camp make a huge bonfire and start shooting their guns and you're just like dude what the fuck? You know, there's other people around here. You're shooting into areas where there could be people could possibly be hiking and stuff like that. Go to the gun range. It's free around here. You know, just don't, don't do that. It's not, it's not the wild, wild west just because you're out camping. There's still rules and regulations and you got to act like a civilized human being. And sometimes people get out there and then you know how it is too. People start drinking and whatever and partying and then their judgment, their better judgment goes out the window. So right. I think a lot of, I think a lot of that happened. I mean, they saw, they saw that there were sites that were, you know, technically closed and people were just, going around the gates because there was nobody there to police it. So they're going around the gates and just camping wherever they wanted and trash was piling up and all that stuff. But there were some companies that stepped up to the plate and came out there and started providing services for free. Like a lot of the waste companies that, that tend to pump out the uh, pit toilets, they were, they were going out there and just doing it just because they're like, hey, we'll do it anyway. You know, we'll, it'll be on our dime. And then same with some of the trash companies. There were some trash companies that were going out and saying, we'll just, we'll just continue our schedule even though, even though we're not getting paid. Which I think is very admirable. You know? Oh so yeah, that's so great. great. Great to see those 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 people step up and, or those companies step up and help out. So that is that is great to hear. Yeah, um, but hey, still so, upsetting. So yeah, so I was going to say I, I was going to talk to you today a little bit about the psilocybin experiences that I've been having in the forest. Yeah, I, I'm really curious about that because I, I I know that you had. You, 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 you prepared, you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you brought in ample resources. Yeah. So what, talk about it. Yeah. So the, the first experience that I had was down in the, uh, the wet beaver wilderness area, which that name just cracks me up for oh, obvious yeah. reasons, you know, but, uh, but it was, it was kind of funny. I, 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 was, I took some and, and I'm never taking enough to where it's it, to where I have, I have a complete disassociation with reality. It's like, I'll, I'll just take a, a small amount enough to definitely feel the effects of it, but not lose my better judgment because I'm hiking and I'm hiking solo and stuff like that. But I went to this one area and sat there next to the, the river that comes through the, uh, I think it's called Beaver Creek is the creek that rolls through there. And it's, it's a full on river, you know, it's not like a little tiny creek. And, uh, and I was like, man, this area is incredible. And I was just really soaking it up and, and having a really nice time. And, uh, you know, I, I, my thoughts, and I didn't plan on doing this, but my thoughts turned to like my family and friends. Hmm. And I started thinking about how over the last couple of years I've been living off grid. And a lot of times I haven't had 
uh, any cell phone reception because I'm so far back in the backcountry. Now I do have that inReach, the Garmin inReach GPS, which I use, but I, but the texting on that is difficult. It's only each, each text is only limited to 160 characters. And sometimes if I don't have good line of sight to the, to the, uh, satellites, or if, if I'm indoors or in any structure, like when I was in that off-grid cabin last winter, you know, the, the GPS doesn't work. So, or if there's really, really, really heavy cloud cover or anything like that, or crazy weather, sometimes I'll have trouble getting messages out. But what happened was, is I started to lose touch with people. You know, I, I didn't talk to my brothers as much. I didn't talk to some of my friends as much as I used to because I was off grid so much. And so it really helped me to realize like, Hey, you know, it's okay to live like this, but make sure I stay in touch with people. And it kind of brought out that compassionate side of me, which I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to, to focus on that. And then my, my dad a while back gave me some really good advice. And I don't even think he knows how much this impacted me with what he said, but I, it was like two years ago and we were talking about something. And I was kind of bitching about the fact that a certain individual that, you know, was in our family wasn't calling me back. And, uh, you know, I was kind of complaining about it because my, because I expect a lot out of people and that's one of my pitfalls. And it's one thing I try to work on myself is to not have those expectations so much because it's unfair to the, to the person that I'm expecting a lot out of. They, they may have other things going on with their life. And I was bitching about this and that or one thing or another. And, you know, my dad's like, you know, Brian, just some food for thought. He's like, maybe whatever they're doing in their life, maybe that's the best they can do right now. You know, he's like, yeah. don't, he, you know, he's like, don't, don't, don't expect so much out of and that, for some reason, that memory came back when I was back in there in that first psilocybin experience. And so what I've done is I've, I've really tried to change my way of thinking through these sessions that I've been doing of focusing on, okay, what's the best way for me to start reconnecting with people that I may have lost touch with? And, you know, how do I apologize about that? Because there's been people like, like my buddy John Corley from college. I mean, he was always really great about staying in touch with me. And when I went off grid, I just dropped off the map and I haven't called him in a long time. And it's like, I want to start reconnecting with those people. And, and I probably will apologize and say, Hey, I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to blow you off. I was just like really on this self-discovery while I was doing this, you know, while, while I've been doing this off grid living and nomad living. And so it, that first experience kind of refocused my mind to say, okay, get a little bit more balance when it comes to being off grid and on grid. And when I'm on grid, make it a point to reach out to people and talk to them. And don't lose those, those communications because it's like, just because I have somebody's number in my cell phone or just because I'm connected with them on Facebook or social media, I still need to talk to them. And so that was one thing that came from it. Um, a funny side note is that when I was at this area, I was like, man, this is the most beautiful area on the planet. It's so awesome. Everything looks great. This is the best stream, whatever. So I, I made it a point to hike in there the next day and I hadn't, and the, the, the next day I didn't have any psilocybin. And I walked in there, I'm like, this place kind of sucks. I'm like, <laughs> it's not that cool, you know, but, but it, but you know, how psilocybin does it. It, it just enhances your, your experience as far as, as far as like visually you can look at something and you can see things that normally you wouldn't see. And I, I did have the same experience to where I, well, could feel- be, be, before you go on, I, I'm kind of, so you, you know, when you're, you know, when you're drinking and you know, you kind of get that, like, I love you, bro. And, and just uh-huh. like, you know, you, you get into that mind and, you know, you, you do that drunk dialing stuff. Like, how would you, how would you, like, how is this, how was that experience different? Cause that's, that's kind of what was in the back of my mind as you were describing it. So, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, it sounds like you got sentimental and you started thinking about, you know, needing to spend more time, um, engaging the various people in your life. So how, how is it different from, you know, that, that, 
drunk experience that most of us have had where, you know, we're like, I love you, bro. Like you're so good to me. And then, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like how how would you, how would you differentiate that? I I would say the the best way to explain it, and it it may be hard for somebody who's never had a psilocybin experience, but the best way to explain it is that it's not sloppy, you know, Mm. because, because usually if you're drinking and you're with your bros or whoever, and I do the hugs and stuff like that, it wasn't like that. It was more of me thinking like, Hey, I need to get more balance in those relationships. I don't, I don't want them to feel like they're one-sided. I don't want them to feel like when I talk to whoever it may be that I was thinking about that they have to make the effort to talk to me. It's like, I need to reach out to and meet them halfway. And so it made me just kind of, kind of open up that way of thinking and not be so self-centered on just my own travels and just my own experience. It's like, Hey, life, life's, life's great doing what I'm doing, but it's also great when I share it with others. And I also want to see what's going on with my friends and not just write them off and never call them again because I can't just say, well, I was off grid. Well, yeah, but I go back on grid too. Mm -hmm. And, and it was more of a, I think it was just, just like, you know how that when, I I don't know if you've ever experienced this with, with psilocybin, but you feel like that connectivity to the earth and you feel that connectivity to your surroundings. For whatever reason, I felt that connectivity to my, to my friends and family. It really overwhelmed me. Like it it was really strong Mm. and it was, and it was, and it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't the same as like when you're uh, the, I love you, man, conversations, you know, that you get when you're, when you're six beers deep watching the football game with your buddies, you know, it was, it was very, very different that it was almost like it was a, it was like a calculated emotional experience to where, you know, it just made me think deeper. And it made me realize the import the importance of those friendships and how they've impacted my life. And those aren't things that I want to go that that I want to have just disappear. And so that was my first experience. And then I've I've uh, been going into the Secret Mountain Wilderness area, and that's an easy trail. It's only like 500 feet in elevation. It's like six miles long, and that's where those those cliff dwelling ruins are at. So I've uh, been going up there, and and that's been really powerful, just because the cliff dwellings, you know, you get that sense of of, wow, there were people here a thousand years ago living in this exact spot. And it's 400 feet up off the, the valley floor where the hiking trail is. And you have to figure out a way to scale up these cliffs. And I just felt like a connection to humanity when I was up there. I felt a connection to like humankind, not just like not Americans or Native Americans or, or Caucasians or, or, or my family or friends. I felt it like as a species. And it was, it was powerful in that respect because a lot of times we get wrapped up in our day-to-day minutia and, and we forget a, about the great, the bigger picture that's out there. And the bigger picture I think is to be kind to one another and to do things that positively impact humanity, giving them a window into what it's like to live this way and how to, to be somewhat carefree and, and not tied down to anything and, and, um, and share those great experiences. And maybe it'll, it'll encourage them to go out and, and hike and experience nature too, because it's given so much back to me and I, I know it's done the same for you. So it's been, it's been more about uh, thinking deep and not so much about the visuals or just, wow, I'm seeing crazy stuff because I'm not taking uh, enough of that to feel that way. Now, I, I'm also microdosing to where you take a small enough amount to where you don't necessarily feel it, but it just is supposed to boost creativity and all these things. And I have had a lot of new ideas that have come in my mind about where I'm headed in my direction with my outdoor endeavors, what I want to do when I'm at Bears Ears, how I'm going to market that. And then going forward uh, about the film, you know, I, I told you how I had a great conversation with Adam yesterday. 
and uh, everything's looking good for the film to the documentary to be released uh, sometime. We're probably, I think we're going to shoot for the summer and a lot of really cool things are lining up with that. And so um, I just, I've been using it as a tool, not so much as a recreation, I guess is the best way to, best, best way to put it. And, I, and what I'm doing is I'm using it to dive a little bit deeper into myself and seeing what do, you know, what, do, what, what do I want to do with my life? What's the next step? And maybe using psilocybin in small doses will help me open up some new ways of thinking that can bring about some, um, some pretty exciting changes. Sounds pretty darn interesting. How would you, um, you know, so if I put on my skeptical hat, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, what instantly comes to mind is like, okay, like, so you're having these experiences. You're, you're having these intense thoughts and feelings of connectivity, but like what, what's actually changing for you when you're not, when you're not using the psilocybin, is there, can you, can you point to specific things that, that you know, wouldn't go that the way that they would. And, and I'm talking about periods when you're not taking the mushrooms that, you know, you can connect back to, um, I mean, I, I'm kind of getting really scientific. It's like, you know, how do you, how do you control, how do you, how do you, how do you know that the experiences that and the creativity that you're, you're experiencing isn't just because, you're, you know, on the road again. Cause I know mm-hmm. I feel that I, I feel that kind of elevated thinking when I'm just, you know, getting on the road again and cruising around and checking out different stuff. So I have like a heightened level of, um, creativity and positivity yeah. going on in my mind. So can you, can, yeah. How, how would you, how do you respond to, to, to that? Well, I, I definitely think that you you've touched on something important and, and that's that's very real. And it's it's when I when I'm back out on the road like this, I do feel that heightened sense of creativity and and I'm mo- I'm more motivated to create videos and right do, and and explore more and stuff like that as opposed to being you know sedentary at a, at, at my folks' place when I was working on my on my hip and back issues. <clears throat> and what I, what I can say is that that first experience that I had where I thought about my family and friends, I'm much more responsive now when I'm not, uh, when I, when I haven't taken any psilocybin, I'm much more responsive. Mm. As soon as I get a text, I respond immediately. If I see a phone call coming across, I'll answer it instead of putting it off and say, oh, I'll call them later. Cause I'm busy doing whatever, you know, I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing. So I'm more in tune with that wanting to reconnect. And that's that, that I feel like that's a residual effect from that first experience that I had. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the creativity goes, it's just things that I'm thinking of as far as thinking outside the box of different ways to create income for myself. Uh, and I, I was planning on doing that anyway, but I, but I felt like I kind of got over the hurdle of the same ways that I've always thought about creating money in the past. I've got new ways now of like, you know, going for, like, like the Patreon model going from, Hey, just support me. Cause I cause what I'm doing is badass, which that's a bad way to position it to now it's all project based. Like we were talking about that in the last episode that, you know, project-based income is much more, I think it's a better fit for this lifestyle. And, yeah. and, and as opposed to doing the nine to five, because that's hard when you're truck camping. It's like, 
you know, there's lots of variables that get thrown your way and, and, uh, your schedule might not always add up, but if you're project based, that's different. And so, and I've never been project based in my entire life. I've always looked at revenue as a nine to five always. Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm thinking in different ways, I'm like, wow, this is really opening up different possibilities and it's a lot more flexible and I can be in different locations and that's fine, especially if it's web work or any sort of work online. And, uh, and then on top of it too, just, just thinking about different ways to position my brand, which I've never done up until this point, different ways to position my brand that I could capitalize on in the future because I'm getting outside of Colorado now. And so Colorado Backcountry Adventures might not be the best name for me going forwards. And I've been thinking about different ways to, to do that. Now, of course, I could think of that not with psilocybin, you know, but I feel that psilocybin, this go around compared to when I would do it in college is much more of like a self-check kind of exercise uh coupled with the fact that everything looks awesome but it's definitely like a self-check exercise like okay where do i need to be in life am i am i really on track and it makes me dive in deeper i feel it makes me dive in deeper than if i just do a meditation session on my own now i can get close to a meditation very close and it's almost almost exactly the same but this takes it and ramps it up maybe one or two more notches oh uh, yeah i, I think Brian. i'm having a connectivity issue i'm sorry can you hear me all right, we're back. Had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, so sorry for the drop-off. But uh, the last thing that I wanted to go into regarding the psilocybin experiences that I've been having is that I noticed that in the last experience that I had when I hiked into the, the Secret Mountain Wilderness area, and I was checking out the ruins, and I've had a lot of things happen. Not, not a lot of things, but a few things happen over the past year that were just frustrating for me. And I had a tendency to kind of dwell on it. And once I was able to go back in there with a little bit of psilocybin and just kind of think things through, for whatever reason, it really put those those issues and those hangups that I had, it put them to rest. And that was nice. It kind of like I got closure on it. It was like, okay, I've spent enough time thinking about this. It's time to move on and dedicate my thoughts towards more positive and um, you know present situations as opposed to stuff dwelling on things in the past. And I, I, I felt that that was good because sometimes like I can have a tendency to have quite a bit of ego. And with that ego, it's like if anybody wrongs me or anybody tries to take advantage of me, it's like I want to get I want to get revenge, kind of. And I think a lot of people are built that way. But a lot of times you'll hear with the psilocybin is that you get the it dissolves oneself and it dissolves your ego. And I looked at that when I was back there and having my psilocybin experience, I looked at those two, there were two different scenarios that I was, you know, thinking about that I'd been hung up on. And I was looking at them and like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it's time to get past this and it's time to not be hung up and waste my energy on thinking about things in the past, which, you know, I can't change them now. So it's already, it's already happened. And so that was another thing that came out of the psilocybin experiences I've been having, which I felt was really a positive step forward. That's great. And, and I know, you know, if you don't mind me bringing up the one of those specific things, because you and I have talked about it in past, and I, I'm not interested in, you know, bringing, I, I, I'm not interested in beating a dead horse, but I know one of the challenges over the last couple of years that you've been, been really, that's been gnawing at you is your experience with the core, um, doing your volunteer work yeah. and, and just how the, the business kind of wrapped up there. Um, and I, I just want to, I guess, acknowledge to the audience that, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about that. And I, I guess I kind of walked along some of that 
challenge with you and for you to tell me that that's something that you've been able to let go of um, with the help of using psilocybin, that to me is, is like a, that's a huge thing. Cause I, I just know that that was something that was eating you up for, for whatever reason. And the details aren't important, but the fact that you're expressing now that it's helping you to let go of that, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That, and that's, that's one thing about my personality that's always been, been present is that I, I get hung up on things like that. And cause it's like, I, I kind of, in my mind, it's like, I want to be perfect at everything I do. And I think a lot of people strive for perfection, but it's an unattainable goal. And, uh, when I get wronged or if somebody takes advantage of a situation, whether it's ethically or unethically, you know, it has a tendency to bother me cause I don't operate like that. And right. so, you know, when someone does some things that are unethical or fraudulent or whatever it may be, you know, you kind of look at that and think, okay, how come I didn't see that coming? And the reason why I didn't see it coming was because, you know, I'm not wired like that. I don't, I just don't think that way. So when stuff like that goes down, of course it's disappointing, but it's also a telltale sign. Like I don't want to be affiliated with that dude anymore. You know, right. Not, not, not with the positions that he has on public land. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between somebody that's out, out there doing stuff and somebody who's in the office posting about it online. So uh, I think we all know where the cookie cutter or the cards lay with that one. So. Yeah. Can you, can, can, you, can you give me an example of something that e- even more recently and maybe in the last, you know, couple of weeks or even month that you, you feel like the psilocybin has allowed you, has given you the perspective to let it go more quickly is there like so in other words can you can you point to somewhere that you may have been wronged in the past month where prior to having that realization and the experience with the psilocybin you know where you you would have held on to that but now now that you've you've been working with this substance that you can now let it go or like you're it's it's like oh i would have handled that differently in the past yeah no i haven't had anything that's that's really come apart or come come to light that uh would be something that i would would kind of fret about or anything like that as of late so things have been pretty good since i hit the road and it's been it's been nice to be out here but i think that in the future if anything does come up i'm going to look at it differently with a different perspective and give it its time so that i can that I can uh, flush all the feelings out of it and like, like feel the experience completely, but not let it dominate my thoughts or not let it rule the day on certain days where I think about it. So I think that it's what it's done is just give me another perspective of way to view things that are, that's much healthier and much more stoic and not so reactionary. And, um, and then also too, to realize like, okay, I can put that in a compartment and file it away and it doesn't need to affect every other aspect of my life. Yeah, that's really powerful. It it actually it reminds me of my own meditation practice, and and to be honest with you, just with how much I've been working and and the snow and everything, just kind of, um, yeah, snowballing literally and, and metaphorically. So in in my regular meditation practice, what one thing that it helps me do is to separate me from my thoughts. So I definitely have the same tendency you do where 
if someone does me wrong or has this particular thought that I know is not true, I'll just, I'll, I'll grind on that, you know, and I'll, I'll just like chew that resentment and like massage it and just like go through all of these different, um, internal dialogues to try to justify myself or, you know, come up with scenarios how, you know, I'm going to get back at this person or I'm going to prove to them that they're not right. And so my meditation practice, what I do is when I find myself ruminating on something like that, I, it's, it sounds really simple, but it's profound, but I, I just identify it as that's thinking and that that's, it's not reality. I don't need to get my, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm explaining to myself, but the practice of meditating and sitting there, like I'll have those thoughts up and by simply just saying thinking. So in other words, I'm identifying that as stuff that I'm just thinking about. And then I go back to my breath where that translates into how I live is I can more quickly catch myself when I'm spinning in those kinds of thoughts. And like you just said, it's almost like I can compartmentalize that. I'm like, Oh, I'm just thinking like, I don't need to let that dominate my life and I can move on. And that's, that's really pretty profound again, that, that the psilocybin is helping you to recognize that, I guess, and, and learn tools to, or learn techniques to let go of it and move on. In, and, and, and it sounds like you're more in um, touch with reality. And so like, you know, your thoughts are no longer your reality. You get to dir- direct your attention to like, Hey, I'm, you know, in the Sedona right now, having an amazing time. I don't need to be spinning out on that kind of stuff. Right. And just let it go. That's pretty. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and you know, it's something that I'm I'm glad that that came about because I I just started thinking. I'm like, why am I wasting my time with this? It doesn't matter. It's already yeah. happened. You know, learn from it, move on, and just keep on trucking. So that's uh that 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 was great to come across that. You know, that's that's fantastic. I'm still not at the point right now where I'm ready to step up and and try psilocybin. I've got some other things that I'm working to resolve but you know as you know you and i've had an, an ongoing conversation about this uh for a while and it's it's really really cool to to hear your own experience with it and um so anyway i'll i'll keep you and the audience informed as uh, if anything changes on my own decision making process and in, in using that stuff but that's, that's cool. I, yeah i appreciate you you sharing yeah no problem dude the 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 storm just the flakes went from being just kind of big to like massively big, like elephant, elephant ear style, you know, flakes coming down. The snow is just really hammering here. They're saying up to 18 inches here in town. Wow. So yeah. And everything's already closed today. I mean, it's, uh, the Starbucks was closed. I had to go to the grocery store and then there was a coffee shop in there. So that's where I grabbed a cup of coffee and I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. I may, uh, I may either get a hotel room or I may just bounce out of, out of town and go somewhere else because i don't want to i don't want to camp in this tonight wow it's it's that it's it's coming down that that solid hump yeah it's like since i've been sitting here for the last 10 15 minutes uh the windshield got completely covered wow so it's coming down pretty good 
Well, I've um, I, I'm not sure if you've gotten into it, but um, Airbnb might be a good like alternative, you know, to getting a hotel room. There, there oh, might yeah. be some cool. I mean, that that's that would be that. a situation, yeah, where I'd, I'd consider doing Airbnb and um, probably be cheaper and a little bit more interesting, you know. To to it's always interesting to to meet new people, you know, that are willing to open up their houses to. Um, you know, different people. So anyway, food yeah, for thought. Totally. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm, I'm going to think about that. Right on. Well, um, good, good luck with the, uh, good luck with the snow there. And, uh, yeah, no, just, just know that you're not alone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been dealing with it nonstop. I, so. Yeah. But it's a little bit easier, you know, when you've, you've actually got a structure. I mean, there's no doubt the snowmobiling is, uh, is crazy, but uh, at least I have like a destination where I get to get out of the elements. Where, you know, where in, in comparison, when when you're in like a a coffin sized box, you yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's a little different. It's totally different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad we were able to to finish up this podcast, and um, and I'll I'll definitely pitch it out uh, to to the audience. I I really enjoyed your conversation with Down to Mob. Um, I thought that that was, yeah, that was a really, really cool conversation with that guy. I certainly want to be able to meet up with him myself and kind of pick his brain, but fascinating to hear about his, his life choices and, and just his, his rig. I mean, that's, that's a freaking cool rig. Dude, that thing is sweet, man. It's it. We were inside it. He has a diesel heater inside of his, inside, inside of his box camper. We were just kicking it, hanging out, having a good time. And, and it was storming outside. We didn't even know the snow had started and, we were in there just kind of hanging out, you know, drinking a beer and recording a podcast and it was dumping, dumping snow like crazy outside. Yeah. That, that there's definitely a strong argument there for having something a little bit more substantial than you and I've got. And, and I, I mean, to be honest with you, I still think about, you know, the, the, the van, the, the, yeah. you know, the elevated roof and the extended back, you know, some kind of that, but dude, that, that rig that that guy has is phenomenal. I, um, that's that that's a if i had the funds and the means um that that'd be a great toy yeah yeah it's it's something else man you see it in person you're like whoa this rig is not messing around (laughs) yeah yeah right on well everybody everybody listen to that one too yeah yeah i had a good time sitting down with phil it was a great time and check out his his uh youtube channel it's down to mob overland so it's down and then the, the number two and then mob overland and also for instagram it's the same handle Right on. Well, glad we glad we were able to close this one out, and we'll uh, we'll get this one out to the crew and uh, and keep on trucking, like you say. Sounds good, brother. All right, later. All right, see you.